And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staple Show and Friends Podcast feed, the flagship college football podcast at The Athletic. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm Sam Kahn, senior college football writer, also known as a tech expert, joined, as always, by Max Olson, our national college football writer, and the man who has been monitoring the transfer portal for the last several weeks. How are you doing, Max, today? <laughs> I have emerged from the portal to tape this podcast, and we're doing we're doing okay, bud. We're 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 surviving. Um, it's been it's been fun. I, we're, I think we're about to be we're about to hit a pretty fun fun phase here for for the portal and uh, the the who's going where. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a lot it's been a lot of people getting out. We've had a few handful of commitments, but for the most part, still some guys out there uh, looking for their destination. So so let's start there, Max. Uh as we sit here, we're less than a week from signing day. Uh Wednesday and of course I know the the portal guys have have some time on this if they need it, but you know, we'll have recruit signing next Wednesday and then we'll we'll also have guys making portal decisions here soon who haven't a lot of them visiting places this week and this weekend but uh what are some of the takeaways that you've uh come with here as of late in this this most recent uh week of portal activity yeah i think this weekend is going to be critically important uh for everybody because we have a, a dead period kicking in here um at the start of next week and so these official visits that these these uh, transfers and, and recruits obviously but um certainly these transfers are taken uh, this weekend it's kind of their last chance to go do that um and then they don't have another opportunity to go visit any campuses until January 4th. So now it's kind of, I mean, we're going to get into kind of decision time for a lot of these guys next week, because do you really want to wait past Christmas and new year's and, 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 you know, really push this thing back when you're a mid-year transfer and you're trying to figure out where you're moving and, and, and trying to relocate and all that stuff. Um, so I think that, you know, if you get a guy on campus this weekend, you're probably, probably feeling pretty good about the, the chances you have of locking them up. And, you know, certainly the domino effect hasn't really kicked in yet at the quarterback position. Um, I mean, we've seen Iowa take Cade McNamara. We've seen a couple other schools land guys, but but not really the big names making moves yet. Not really the big schools, whether it's a Florida or Notre Dame or UCLA, these ones that you feel like are definitely on the market. You haven't really seen them make their move yet. And so, you know, really, really curious to see, uh, you know, who kicks that off. You know, we, we have a piece going up today on the athletic about about you know touching on a bunch of stuff we're hearing from from talking to people around the country on the portal and that's one of the things you wonder is like so for example Devin Leary you hear a lot of buzz between him and Kentucky um could that be the one that sets things off I mean could that kind of lead to other guys figuring out where they need to need to go if if Devin Leary who I you could argue is the best one on on the market if he's off the board um you know Grayson McCall went in and that's that's going to be a fascinating one Certainly with with, uh, you know, is Auburn the spot for him or who else is pursuing him? Um, I think that that piece of this can be really fun. And, and to be honest with you, man, uh, there's there's some names out there that people uh, are are 
eyeing uh, as their quarterback take in this transfer market who are not in the transfer portal. So uh, <laughs> there is going to be, you know, some more of that potentially. There could be more, more, <laughs> the, the, the more names that could, could pop up here, whether it's after the bowl games or, or whatever, or maybe those players decide to stay put. Um, but yeah, like a, a guy like Sam Hartman or, or Michael Pratt from, from Tulane, a lot of people interested if they go in the portal and uh, you know, you kind of wonder when you hear that stuff, it's like, is it, is it almost irrelevant to some of these schools, whether the guys in or not, like, is there going to be that approach and that offer, whether, whether they go in or not? I mean, it's kind of a wild time for some of these guys. I mean, you saw Drake may have to come out and say he's staying because these guys are probably getting hit up no matter whether in the portal or not. Yeah. And and I think this is something that's gone back even to the start of the portal is guys getting hit up, you know, as as soon as there was either speculation or rumor or, or maybe even teams just trying to get them, get them to come. And, and this is where those third parties or the high school coaches or whatever uh, intermediaries come in, come in handy in those cases. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm fascinated by it because we have, like you said, the dead periods coming up and, but then the visits for transfers can happen about a week or so before the dead periods lifted uh, mm-hmm. for other recruits. In, There's in a little January. window there, January 4th to January 8th, where those guys can get back out on, on campuses. And so you, you, yeah, you do wonder how many people are not willing to wait that long and how many are these recruitments going to you know drag on here for, for another month. And um, you know, kind of could, could there be more teams that, that pop up in the race there then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to me, the quarterback thing you mentioned, it's almost kind of like, you know, summer or spring recruiting has been over historically in quarterback recruiting, where it's like the dominoes fall in high school recruiting when certain teams yeah. land their quarterbacks, then, yep. okay, everybody falls in line. It's kind of similar. It feels like, you know, with the portal in this instance where, where you know, everybody's looking for their next guy. And, and then you see the dominoes fall after that. Uh, and and there's end, a couple I, of those guys too. Like I think DJ and like Hudson card, there's some of them that are just kind of, keeping things close to the vest right now. So you kind of don't, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a possibility here of uh, our Spencer Sanders too. I think there's not been a lot that's been reported about where he's looking like, so maybe we could have a surprise or two kind of pop here that, that leads to that thing going too. It's hard to tell kind of really who's going to kick this off. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. I'm certainly interested down here. We mentioned these guys before Kyron drones from Baylor ended up at Virginia tech. I'm certainly fascinated where Hudson Card's going to end up. Donovan Smith at Texas Tech, who's who started I think eight or nine games in his career there, uh, certainly interested to see where he goes. Uh, he visited Houston over the weekend, so curious to see if that's where he ends up. Uh, A&M obviously has got a lot of different guys in the portal. Twenty-two Smoke Bowie hit it this week, so A&M's now twenty-two scholarship guys in. Uh, but they but they have Mason Cobb visiting this weekend from Oklahoma State, big time linebacker. So yeah. so if they can get him do we start seeing a trickle of guys into that program after seeing so many of them trickle out in the last few weeks? So this is a really critical time here coming up. Like I said, especially with the high school stuff being uh, at the same time and all of it coming together at one point and it, I, talking to coaches, I was talking to some coaches last night at, at an event I was at it. It is a really, really intense time because you have teams that are doing bowl practices right now because bowl season is starting in a day. You have teams that are trying to do in-home visits with high school recruits, and you have teams that are doing trying to host portal visitors, and it's just it is a lot going and on. These coaches right now. are like trying to change jobs too. That's true. Time. That's true. You know, I'm getting mean, calls it, about other opportunities, and you're trying to figure all that stuff out while you're still out on the road doing. Or you know, you got you got head coaches out here trying to fill spots on their staff and stuff. Like to to have that layer with it too is just nuts to me. 
What happens if you change a job while you're out recruiting? Do you do you have to just go like go to a store and buy a different polo so you can do your in home visit with with it for a different team? Or like how does that work? Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's tough. That that is tough to to go find the polo of your new team uh, somewhere in in the city and then go, <laughs> go switch. I mean, somehow these kids figure out how to do it with hats, right? You could at least go that's get right. a hat, I suppose. That's true. That's maybe true. at the yeah. maybe at the lids store or whatever, you can go find a new hat and, and go right back to work with a plain polo. Maybe that's the yeah, point. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you know what? I think it's the old. I like to call it the Jeff Trail uniform. A uh, little button-down shirt, sport coat, and a hat. So, because yep. the, the the coat and the shirt can just be just neutral at all times, it doesn't really matter. You can wear well, white. The shirt, rest of what you're wearing is irrelevant to, to trailer yeah. and some of these guys. It's just you got to have the hat. You got to have. Yeah, the you got to have the hat. And so, and so, I, I think I think that may be the strategy there for guys. But uh, before we wrap up portal talk here, you hit the all portal team this week. Caleb Williams, our Heisman Trophy winner, obviously on it. Sign of the times. Uh, we've had multiple transfer uh, quarterbacks win win the Heisman, but, and I saw some Texas guys, Josh Newton uh, on this yep. list from TCU, uh, TCU with a couple of guys, Mark Perry also on this team. Uh, so, so lots of big time contributors that we're going to be seeing playing for stakes here at the end of the season uh, for sure. on the all portal team. How, how difficult is it to put this together? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you really are trying to trim down a list of like a thousand guys down to, down to you know 25 or whatever and so that's that's never easy you know you're gonna make some people upset in the comments and stuff but honestly man the thing that is is wild to watch like just the impact of this um you can kind of see it in a bunch of different areas now like you go through the all pack 12 teams this year i think there was a dozen guys that came in as transfers um so like it's not just i mean yeah like a caleb williams um or michael Penix, like those like they're big names that make moves obviously but man there's just so many players especially like i'll take the pack 12 example there's a lot of group of five players that moved up to the Pac-12 and were some of the best players in the conference. I mean, that's just kind of the reality. Now, I know that there's the there's obviously the players that everybody wants that get all, get all the hype, but man, there are just so many good, experienced players trying to move up to the Power Five level or trying to switch teams and and you know trying to uh, get more playing time and stuff like that. Like, so the the All Portal team is fun to put together, but there's so many guys that like we were not really hyping last December because. There's just so, there's so many making moves, and uh, a lot of them like Josh Newton's a great example at TCU. That like that's what you're looking for really in the portal is to go try and take a, a multi-year starter from a place like UL Monroe who can come in and be one of the best players in the Big Twelve. Like if you can find those, like you're, you're doing it better than everybody else. But um, that's what that's what everyone's looking for right now. Everyone's looking for the gems and and the guys like that who bring experience and leadership and stuff like that. And and those guys are always going to have somewhere to go. Um, and there's just the, the thing that just makes this so crazy right now and, and going forward is just how many more of those players become available, whether it's just for one extra year or, uh, or for a couple. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm wondering, are we going to see Andrew Armstrong on this list next year on the all portal yeah. team in 2023, the Texas A&M commerce guy ended up at Arkansas. So there's some uh, good, I mean, there's some good, um, you know, good FCS players in the portal right now. AJ Cornelius, the offensive lineman from Rhode Island, like is a guy that got Ohio state offer last night and has visited Oregon and stuff like there's some, 
you know, some really premium, like all American caliber players at the lower levels too, that are moving up that um, I think are going to be big names. And, I'm, and we'll do the, we'll do our best available uh, ranking here coming up pretty soon on the athletic and, and look forward to, to digging into that because there's, there's obviously, uh, you know, a lot of guys to sort right now in terms of who's who everybody <laughs> wants. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, I spent the day last week with Houston when the portal opened, which was fun. Uh, yeah, by man, the way. Tell, tell the people about that experience. I, I love that idea of going to going to hang out in the war room as as uh, everything was hitting the fan in the portal. Yeah, yeah, the story's up on the Athletic this week uh, about spending spending the day with Houston when the transfer portal opened. And let me tell you, man, it's chaotic because there's just that first day when it opened on December fifth, there was so many names rolling in every hour. And you've got to have an army of people ready to filter through all that to see who's worth scouting, who's not. Some of these guys, obviously, we expected because, you know, Hudson Card, Kyron Drones, guys like that, they had already announced they were going in. Devin Leary, I think that leaked uh, maybe an hour or so before he hit the yeah, portal. That's right. So, so, so that gives you some time to prepare on the front end. But for guys that maybe are surprises or guys that you didn't expect, that means as soon as that happens – Guys are like, hey, you know, so and so is in the portal, and it's it's like, okay, you got to get a coach on the phone. Hey, let do we want to offer him? If we do, let's go do it quick. Because if you don't do it in you know 15, 20 minutes, he might have six, seven, eight offers by that time. Yeah. And uh, but but for those that and, aren't, and at that guys, level, it's that's where, as you saw, Sam, like at that at that level at Houston, and I'm and I'm not knocking them and saying this at all, but like the, you you got to see like how it it really works at the places where they're not talking to guys ahead of time before they hit the exactly. portal and stuff. Like you exactly. are react. It, it is it is more of a reactive process of yeah. Hopefully you have a, you know a plan going into it and stuff and, and and have evaluations on guys, but you really are reacting to who goes in. And okay, how do we evaluate them? How quickly do we contact them? Because that's that's how it's supposed to go. Yes, exactly. And so, so that was fascinating to watch. But on the other hand, for guys that are, again, you talk about your FCS or your D2s or, or even your, your G5 under the radar types, when they jump in, it's like if it's a guy that's kind of on the fence, like, hey, it's a guy who's played. Let's take a look at his film real quick. Let's go watch it in the staff room. You know, the, the, the they were recruiting staffers going in the uh in the staff room with some graduate assistants assistant coaches and then even at one point the dpp over there casey smithson uh sat in with dana holgerson for about you know 30 45 minutes and watched film of all these different targets to get a hey get a sense here who do you like you know who, who do we want to attack they've got their position priorities you know they're, they're looking for quarterbacks they're looking for dbs of course just like everybody they're looking for o and d linemen but it, it is it is a real machine now, and and if you are going to be successful in this endeavor, you have to have a real personnel department. It, it has to be a full-fledged thing where you have a director of player personnel, and you have a few assistant directors of player personnel, and you have some scouting guys, and you've got guys focused on high school guys, and you've got guys focused on college guys. And mm -hmm. it, it is, I, I think, the more – it fascinates me, this whole evolution, because this is something that didn't exist 15 years ago in college football. Those For transfers sure. were not very frequent. But now you do almost have to have a pro-style setup to evaluate – how you're bringing your team in. And it is almost like your director player your personnel is almost like a general manager now because they are monitoring those numbers on the roster. They're, they're monitoring who you're bringing in and it takes a lot of plan execution, but it was a fascinating time to spend with them. And it was just an idea I had. I was like, Hey, you know what? This thing is going to be a first time for everybody where the portal windows are starting on December 5th. Let's go hang out and see what it's really like. And it's uh, it's intense, man. It's a, it's a lot going on. 
Well, I thought you did a good job too of, of showing something that probably people don't don't see as much because you know maybe yeah if you if you follow your team, you know who the recruiting coordinator is or the or the DPP or whatever. But man, there's a there's a lot of people, a lot of interns and and folks behind the scenes that are doing the grunt work on that stuff that don't don't really get the glory for the commitments and stuff like that. But they're putting in a lot of work um, just to get that in the hands of the position coach or the coordinator. Yeah, it is. It is because. It's hard to ask them, ask everybody to sort through, you know, 780 names in a day, which was what went in the first day of the portal. So you got to have a very organized, methodical system to do it right if you're going to do it right. And uh, some people and everybody has different approaches, like everybody over at Houston, like they had one guy who was kind of filtering through names and they was passing on. There's other people who have, OK, you guys are specifically for portal and you guys are specifically for high school. So it just varies on where you are. But it, it ultimately, like you said, it is invaluable to have these guys whose names you don't really know. And in, obviously, in, in my story, you get to know some of these guys that, that are on this staff. Some of them are full timers. Some of them are interns. You know, it just all depends. Some of them are students in some cases. And so uh, it, it is it is indispensable to have that now. And if you don't have that at the college level, at the FPS level, you're going to be a little bit behind. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're understaffed in this stuff, you're, you're going to get kind of slaughtered if you're trying to be real, actually competitive when it comes to um, pursuing these guys. And yeah, it's, it's uh, you can't really sit back and see, um, Oh, this guy got offered on Twitter. We should look him up real quick. You know what I mean? Like you kind of, yeah, have no, to it's, you're too late. You're too late at that you're point. Too late. You gotta, yeah. you, you already gotta be checking though. Sure. I will tell you one quick, before we move on, I'll tell you one yeah. quick thing that was fascinating to me. Seeing, players in the dms of these coaches like I, i'm sitting there with the recruiting staffers and then like their dms are going off it's like hey coach yeah i'm i'm i'll just Come hit get the me. portal Come you get know, me. If, if y'all if y'all are interested you know whatever i think it could be an asset for you it very much reminded you of like high school guys looking for offers so there's that aspect of it too which is fascinating oh my gosh i was talking to someone last night who mentioned that um <laughs> one of the ways that this works now is that they're they'll hear from their collective and say hey these these 10 guys reached out to us today or their their representatives reached out to us today and these are players oftentimes that are not in the portal <laughs> so <laughs> like there's man there there's a lot of that stuff a lot of that communication going on whether you're in or not that is uh i i know it bothers people i know it bothers coaches and fans obviously um but yeah, it, it is crazy. At some of these places, it is agents dealing with collectives, and certainly at a place like Houston, it's a little bit more uh, wholesome in terms of uh, you know coaches dealing directly with the uh, with players and their parents and and trying to uh, you know trying to figure out if they're a, a good fit and all that. And, and look, Houston's one of those places um, that really does stand to benefit, especially as they move up to the Big Twelve. Um, and and kids in state take them a little bit more seriously. I would think going forward here, they they stand to benefit just like we've seen from SMU um, over the years here, and even TCU in terms of getting guys to come home. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Let's talk some bowls. Guess what? We're talking all the portal, but it is bowl season right now. We, As we sit here and record, we're a day away, less than 24 hours away from bowl games happening. Friday, December 16th, we kick it off. The Bahamas Bowl, Miami, Ohio, UAB. 10 30 central so you get a friday morning bowl game wow and then the cure bowl utsa troy top 25 matchup uh at two o'clock on friday central time so bowl season is here we got six bowls on saturday uh plus i believe we get the celebration bowl so i guess seven technically if you count that and we got some fcs playoff games but let's talk about some bowls let's start with the big 12 bowls uh and let's look at some of these matchups and and point out kind of some of the interesting aspects of these to us uh, as we go on. Let's start with the Armed Forces Bowl, the first bowl involving a Big 12 team, Thursday, December 22nd, Baylor and Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. Obviously a disappointing season for Baylor yeah. going 6-6. Six and six. They're searching for a defensive coordinator right now. Uh, Ron Roberts uh, got let go at the end of the season, uh, as did Ronnie Wheat, their safeties coach. So, so there's some staff changes there happening. Air Force, really good team, looking for a 10-win season. But, uh, but what do you think about the Bears and uh, Air Force? Yeah, is is, is there uh, in terms of when, when you know obviously you go to New Year's Six Bowl last year? You're the, I believe Baylor was picked as the preseason favorite in the Big Twelve this year, right? Yep. So is is there a more depressing outcome than playing your bowl game at TCU Stadium while TCU is getting ready to go to the playoff? <laughs> yeah, that was brought up to me last time. I was, I think, when we were up there for Big Twelve Championship, Sony definitely brought that up to me after. Uh, it will, it will be well attended by Baylor fans, I would think. But man, that's not where you wanted to end up. It's a short, short drive. Yeah, especially too when you were that close to beating TCU, literally oh, yeah. seconds away literally. from beating them. Yeah, and so you know Baylor finishing on um, a three-game losing streak there, and obviously, like you said, making changes. Um, I would be curious just to see how how different. I mean, just like. I, I think I'm probably going to say this a few times on this, but like you just, there's something to be said for like the gap in time here. I know it's not as big for, for, for Baylor, obviously. Um, but like you have a chance to really dig into your opponent and try to put together a good performance to feel, feel better going into this off season. You know, air force is not, not some Patsy by any means. Like they, they went undefeated in November and they, this is not an equal comparison by any means, but they played a very bad Colorado team and uh, which is still a power five team and, and whooped them early in the season. So like they, you know, as a nine win team, 
you, you got to be careful here. I'm, I'm sure that, that Aranda, um, you know, knows how to prepare his defense for, uh, for playing an opponent like this and the style of play, but man, Baylor needs this one. Yeah. And this is one where you option, when you get the option attack, you, you need that extra time. And so, uh, or that the unique style of offense that air force will play, but, uh, air, air force is going to be excited for this one. Try to get a 10 win season, uh, and then, like you said, Aranda's kind of running the defense at this point. I was talking to somebody over there recently, and they, they said he's kind of in, in his comfort zone right now because he, he's running the defense with Ron Roberts out. But that'll be interesting to watch uh, do you, how, do you how think that plays that, out. Let me ask you this as a Houston alum. Do you think the final score of this of this Armed Forces Bowl will be 70-14? to 14? <laughs> you know houston has had a very tortured history in that bowl uh, it's funny because actually the very first time they went was their first bowl win and i want to say 25 years something to that effect in 08 and they beat air force and then the next year they went back and they played air force again in the same bowl and air and case keenum threw six picks and then they got blown out by air force then of course as you mentioned major Applewhite's last game as head coach so they lost 70 to 14 to army uh it was uh so like i said they not, had not sure history. it was his last game when he was going into that one yeah. yeah yeah i don't know that he knew it was his last game so uh it cleared the path <laughs> of the daniel hogerson era but uh but those things those type of things can happen uh in, in this game so it'll be interesting to see how motivated uh baylor is and how how well they execute the, uh, the, the line right on there. that is five and a half the line on that is is not um what, what did i just say it would be 56 the line's not 56 on that one yeah no, 48 and a half is the, yeah, no, 56 point spread. No. And then the, uh, the over under is 48 and a half. So, okay. Uh, that there's, uh, <laughs> do you think overall thinking, that's going to be like a pretty boring game to watch? I mean, it, I don't know. Possibly. Yeah. It, it depends. I'll, now you say that, you say that, but I love watching Jeff Grimes offense. Yeah. I, I love watching when, when Grimes is in his bag, it is fun to watch because it is, it is like, music is just very flows and it's mm -hmm. seamless and it's everything you know there's always something that happens off of a concept that he runs it's just it's really when they're executing it really really well it's it's fun to watch and so uh but i'm certain yeah for for the general audience yeah i'm sure this is not gonna be there's gonna be some running backs running into space in this game that's for sure <laughs> that's right that's right uh, it should be good that's right. Uh, guaranteed rate bowl. The after so that's the first pre-Christmas bowl in the Big Twelve. After Christmas, uh, Tuesday, December twenty seventh, guaranteed rate bowl. Oklahoma State, Wisconsin. Is Oklahoma State going to have anybody uh, to run out there? There's so many guys that went in the portal. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to have anybody. Who's playing? Who's playing? Dude, I know this State? is the this is the one when I was going through these. This is the one you really had to Google who's who's coming to this game. Um, so, for example, <laughs> Luke Fickle's coming to this game. He's coaching this okay. game for Wisconsin. He's coaching it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, no Spencer Sanders. No Graham Mertz. So we got probably Ch Chase Wolf against Garrett Rangel. I, 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 yeah. I guess that's what we got. Gunner, are we going to get some Gunner Gundy action? Oh, I pro probably have to. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin's <laughs> a three point favorite. It's hard to. I, I don't know. It's going to be we're, we got a, we got a couple of these bowl games where we're like, wait, wait who's 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 playing in this game? Who's coming to this? <laughs> and yeah, Oklahoma no, State's had uh, had some guys move on. Yeah, so so it's going to be a depleted, a little bit of underhanded, uh, undermanned, I should say. Yeah, Oklahoma State team, and of course, like you said, Wisconsin with a new coach. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Liberty Bowl, Kansas and Arkansas, December twenty eighth. 
Kansas, this is a team that is excited to be in this bowl. Uh, first bowl since when, when was this? Kim, you know this, Max, since 2008, 2009, yep. first time it's right. been a bowl. That's right. So Jayhawks uh, ending the long bowl drought. Great season for them. Lance Leipold uh, did, did a great job with this crew, and they were able to hang on to him uh, with, with the new contract. So uh, everything looking up for the Jayhawks right now as they play a, a good uh, – I say good, started out good, and then faltered out of the stretch. Uh, Arkansas team. This this is the question. Is Arkansas good? I don't know. I mean, they, we'll, they've we'll given see. us uh, a, a wide range of evidence uh, over the course of the season here. You've had some decent wins. They beat Cincinnati and South Carolina early. They beat Ole Miss pretty, pretty impressively. Um, they've had some close games like A&M and LSU. They've had some very bad losses, like Liberty, Missouri. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And Drew Sanders is not playing this game. I, I don't know what Arkansas is bringing to the table for this one. Uh, I do think that a like I, I am curious, what, like what will be the impact of Jalen Daniels really coming into this one? You would think a lot healthier and, and more prepared to get back to what we saw in September. Yeah, no doubt, and and that would be fun because when they, when he was healthy, boy, they were they were hard to beat. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. they started five and zero, and so uh, i think things that their this trajectory of their season changed a little bit after that injury understandably but uh and i, I was looking this up to see i, I wasn't sure if barry odom who, who got the unlv job arkansas's defensive coordinator if he was coaching this game according to uh arkansas democratic gazette i guess he is planning to coach the bowl game so that, that's interesting uh and then he's reportedly uh, also planning to Bring hire Bobby, Bobby Petrino. Petrino Bobby Las Petrino. Vegas. That that sound you heard is a bunch of Texas A&M fans breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> I guess. I mean, yeah. Here we go. On to option number five. Let's go. You know. Um. <laughs> well, didn't Arkansas have a little problem with Missouri State earlier this year? That they did. That they did. Yeah. yeah. Is it? And what do we know about coaches? Coach, if you get if you if a coach struggles against another coach, they they'll have a lot it's of the ultimate respect. Yeah. No, That's Bobby right. Petrino. By Petrino leaving his whole staff in Missouri to go move to Las Vegas is uh, it's a choice. It's a choice. <laughs> it is a choice. I, I will say I thought he did an overall solid job in Missouri uh, when he got that job. It, it was obviously not great, and, and it wasn't Odom, to the level yeah. that Gary yeah. Pinkle had. But I thought I think he's a solid coach, and so so I think certainly UNLV could have done a lot worse than Barry, Barry Odom. They could have they could have gone a lot wilder directions than Barry Odom for that head coach entire. Could have, could have gone Bobby Pedrino if you wanted to. I guess <laughs> you're so. bringing him the OC. I guess you're only one step away from bringing him as head coach. No, but oh, uh, uh, but that that'll be interesting though. Kansas and Arkansas, December 28th, Liberty Bowl, the Texas Bowl in my town, Houston, Texas Tech, and Ole Miss. That should be actually, I think, a pretty interesting one. Joey McGuire, his first year, bringing a, a Texas Tech team that that beat Texas and Oklahoma in the same season, first time they've done that in program history, back to back bowls for the first time in about a decade for Texas tech. So, and first, first winning a big 12 record since 2009 for Texas. Tech. So it's all a lot of good stuff for, for tech. And of course, Ole Miss, you know, I does, you know, we always talk about do teams want to be there? Does coach Lane Kiffin want to be there after, you know, we've talked about the Auburn job and then that, that third game. That either, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, but, but this, this is a good Ole Miss team. Uh, they, they actually had played a non-conference game in a kickoff game uh, in this same stadium, energy stadium a few years ago. Yep. So, uh, so, but this will be, I think this will be a fun matchup. I think you'll see a lot of uh, red and black, certainly in the stands since it's, since it's in the state of Texas, but 
Uh, this should be a fun fun one to see between Joey McGuire and Lane Kiffin, both guys who are not afraid to go for it on fourth down, by the way. So yeah, that's right. one I'll I, tune in. So, so Ole Miss is um, among Power 5 teams' uh, best rushing offense in, in college football this year. Um, do, you, do you think Tech can, can handle that? That'll be interesting to see because I mean, you're going to give Tim DeRuiter's veteran guy. He's got some time uh, time to prepare for this. And they've got one thing that I do like about Tech is that their defensive front, they, some of their guys up front, Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchins, they've got some really experienced, good guys up front. So, uh, but they, and they, they did, uh, you know, they were kind of up and down this year in that regard. Like there was times like against Texas where they had some stretches against Bijan where they did all right. But then when they played Baylor, and they got they got torn up on the ground like Baylor Baylor ran them into the ground. So yeah, th- yeah. they've been very up and down defensively on the ground. You got like you said, Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans making his home coming back to Houston, mm-hmm. the North Shore product. So uh, yeah, definitely th- that's going to probably be where this game is uh, won or lost. Is in that, I I, that I do think there is some element of do they want to be here with Ole Miss? I, I would think a little bit. I mean, and, and not to say it's a it's a apples to apples here, but certainly you know I thought Tech was impressive last year when they got matched up with Mississippi State and the way that they were able to to, to show up in that game while going through a coaching transition and stuff. And this Ole Miss team is just. It's kind of an odd finish for them. They started seven and zero. I was really high on them and just what their potential, and they lost four of their last five with the one win coming um, close against A uh, and M. And so they they didn't get smoked in all those games they did by LSU. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I kind of like they can definitely run the ball. That Dart got a little bit better, but could still be up and down um and so yeah how much how much do they care about playing in houston and uh, and playing hard in this one i think will be a l- bit of a factor here yeah no doubt uh the cheese it bowl everybody's favorite uh this is this is definitely like a sickos committee style bowl the cheese it bowl uh always some shenanigans going on thursday december 29th oklahoma six and six oklahoma against number 13 florida state uh, boy, if I'd have told you Florida State was going to be nine and three this year, <laughs> I think I think most Seminole fans would have taken that. But uh, and Oklahoma, obviously, a disappointing uh, disappointing season for the Sooners. Uh, do you think they need? Do you think Oklahoma needs this game uh, to not go into the off season with a losing record? And I know it's things have been down this year, but do, do they kind of need this one in your opinion? I think so, and they're one of the. Um, I think they are well tied. I guess tied here. They're they're one of the biggest underdogs in, in the Big Twelve in terms of bowl season here. They're uh, Florida State's a seven and a half point favorite, um, and they're they're shooting for their first ten win season since I, I believe twenty sixteen, which is Jimbo's last good year, Tallahassee. So it's been a while since Florida State's been able to have a year like this. Um, I yeah, I think OU they're going to be without Wanya Morris, um, who's going pro I, and. You know, have had some guys go in the portal, obviously, but man, like that's, I think OU, I know this is cliche, but like, isn't OU kind of the epitome of the like, man, we need 15 more practices kind of team? Yes, probably so. Certainly. Uh, the f- last time OU finished a season under 500 is 1998. Mm. So it's been a long time. There, there have been, there have been a lot of, that's, that's John Blake, right? There's been a lot of, yes. Um, there's been a lot of Blake era records that OU has been, been, um, been coming close to this year. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think they certainly definitely need that. in in terms of development, uh, but I, I really do. I think they need, a, I think they, they need something to, to ha- hang their hat on from a positive standpoint uh, going into the off season. Well, here sure. we go. Breaking news, breaking news. Oh, we're into the athletics. Nicole Auerbach 
Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker will be the next NCAA president. I have wow, literally no opinion on that. Sam, what do you think? I don't. I don't think I know who that guy is. So, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I don't... hiring a politician. I guess that probably makes sense. Yeah, not uh, not an AD type or president type. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, not sure you can do much worse than Mark Emmert. Fair enough. <laughs> and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. The Alamo Bowl, Thursday, December 29th, Texas and Washington. This is one of the handful of top 25 matchups we have. Uh, Alamo Bowl seems to be like the Texas special now. Uh, Eight and four Longhorns. They were improved, obviously, going against the 10 and two Washington team. That's ranked number 12. Uh, this will be interesting to see. Uh, and I don't think we've got, we have not gotten word on Bijan Robinson status. I think the last, so time, I think probably no Bijan, no Roshan, probably not. No, yeah. no DeMarvion overshone for this game. So I don't know. And this is, I know this is more of a Herman thing. Cause obviously Sark didn't go to a bowl game last year, but is this going to be the classic Texas plays well in the Alamo bowl? And everyone's like, man, that team was actually really good this year. <laughs> Are we going to start building the hype train? We did yeah, that. We had two of those off. with Herman, right? Two, the two Utah one, I remember. Yeah. Utah and Colorado. Colorado, that's right. Well, then, and then Tom Herman was out of a job. He was not long after that game. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, this is uh this is this is a chance though. I think if you fit in nine and four and you beat a a top fifteen Washington team, I I think you got to feel pretty good if you're Texas. You know that, and and yep. for all the discourse we've had about this team over time. I think they did what we thought they should do, which is they made a significant improvement and, and they they improved to a, a winning football team to that was competent. I, I think, and we talked about this, I think, earlier in the season. It was, I said, beat the teams you're supposed to be and don't make the season a circus. And they, they did both of those things. And so just by doing that and looking a lot better, and then obviously they were a lot more competitive than we would thought they would be in the Alabama game. Uh, and... I thought finishing the way they did against Baylor was important. Uh, going eight and four is a solid next step for this program, and now it sets you up. Do if you finish nine and four, are we all of a sudden going to sit here and talk about Texas being a Big Twelve title contender next year? I think it's possible because they were kind of just right on the outside looking into the conference mm-hmm. uh, this year. But the conference is also going to get a little more stacked when you add some of these other teams in. That are coming in, but certainly, no, yeah, this, I think this is going to be it. a narrative game, so to speak. Yeah, you've, you've nailed it. Texas is going to be um, preseason top ten after they beat Washington in the Alamo. <laughs> that's that's probably where this is going. Yeah. I would okay. Think, let me um, let me harken back to the bet you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last week, 
you said where would I put a and What did it make? I mean, we made it. It, it has yeah, been we made. We made it. We yeah. made. We just don't have stakes attached. Uh, yeah. I guess we should do that. Uh, so who's going to be ranked higher in the preseason next year? Texas or Texas A&M? Mm. Oh, did we bet that on a We did that on A&M, didn't we? A&M, yeah. We did set the over under at 19 and a half. I took, I took it would be lower think... than 19 and a half. You said they'd be ooh, higher. Ooh. Are we I talking don't... Texas top 15 going into the top 25 next year? If they finish mm. nine and four and beat this Washington team? I'm not saying that's where they should be. I'm saying that's where they will be based on the voters. Well, I mean, think about the – okay, so who's going to be the favorite in the Big 12? I mean, like, why – If the Max Duggan comes back, it's probably TCU. That we don't – right. That we don't know. But, like, probably probably Texas is right behind them. I would, I would think. Texas if, probably if, if Deuce Vaughn goes pro, if I mean, if, if certain guys go pro. Like, I mean, I know Texas is losing some big ones, obviously. But. Yeah, Texas losing Bijan, but they do have their whole all line back, or most of their all line back, I should say. Yeah, they'll probably uh, be top twenty, I would think. That'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Arch Manning, man. That's right. It's Arch City. Manning season. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's going to be. It'll be that we we've dropped his name a couple times on, over the season, but like this will probably be the big Jonathan Brooks breakout game too. And I'm glad that uh, I'm glad Michael Penix is coming back, and I'm glad Michael Penix is I assume playing in this game. Um, I believe be, he is. Yeah, that'll be a pretty uh, legit challenge. And watching him slinging around in the Alamo Dome, I think it'll be a lot of fun. This is typically a fun game, anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah, I always think back when I think of this game. I always think back to the Oregon TCU thirty-one nothing uh, halftime uh, game that uh, came back twenty-eight to three overtime. Was it twenty-eight to three? I think I was at that game. Which one? The TCU Oregon? Yeah. Yeah, it was thirty-one nothing at halftime, and then and then. Yeah, it was thirty-one nothing, and then oh my gosh, you're right. They, and then TCU came back in the second half, forced overtime, and <laughs> then went three overtime. Oh my Bram gosh, Kohlhausen. Bram, Bram Kohlhausen, obviously, yeah, right. obviously. Oh yeah. my gosh, Bram. I mean, when you, when you can have a Bram Kohlhausen versus you know, uh, oh, I guess yeah, Vernon Adams was the quarterback for Oregon. He got he got hurt in that game, I think. But yeah, what a what a what a what a night that was, man. I'm getting old. Thirty-one nothing. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, obviously, once Gary changed his uh, his attire, though, then everything everything flipped. That's right. When you change a shirt, that's when it all changed. A uh, couple quick ones here. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about these more because we'll, we'll talk again before these games happen. But sure. the New Year's Six bowls involving uh, Big Twelve teams, number nine K State, the Big Twelve champs going up against Alabama uh, on New Year's Eve. That'll that'll start the action that day, and then of course the semifinal, the Fiesta Bowl, TCU and, and Michigan, which we'll be at. So. Yes. Uh, it should be. Does Alabama care about people. being in the Sugar Bowl? Let's just get right to it, Sam. Let's just get right to it. I guess it's less about do they care; it's more of how many of those guys are going to play. That's yes. that's ultimately that's the discussion we have is how many guys. And are I don't think we have time. much. We don't really. I mean, other than the guys that have hit the portal, we don't really have any clarity today as we tape this about who's playing for Bama. Yeah, uh, and honestly, I think if you're Kansas State, I don't think it matters. Who cares? You know, if you go beat them and you go get that win after winning a Big 12 championship and you finish 11 and three, who's going to tell Chris Kleiman anything? You know, right. forget it. Just go out right. there and beat them anyway. Like, it doesn't make a difference. So I, I, I do get tired of that discourse. And I, and I think it's valid, especially if guys are opting out. It's valid to say, like, I remember that Florida team that went in the Cotton Bowl a few years back and was missing like half the damn roster and yeah. got beat by Oklahoma. And then, of course, Dan Mullen whined about it afterward. Uh, I, I understand those circumstances do matter, but. Hey man, line up. You got a lot. Everybody's got scholarships. Line up and play. 
K-State, this has been a great season for them. Uh, it would be f- wonderful for them if they ended in the top 10. So, uh, And if you beat LSU and Bama in back-to-back bowl games, that would be pretty pretty good. Be Obviously, good. some different circumstances. But here's the thing. like, All right, let's suppose that it's Kansas State is lining up on December 31st. And they're facing, uh, you know, Jalen Milrow and Jace McClellan. These guys are like still way more talented and highly ranked than anybody on your roster. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, coming out as recruits, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like the the guys that the guys that the 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 second string. I remember when you remember when uh, the Baylor played Georgia um, in the in the Sugar Bowl, and they were missing a bunch of draft guys, and all the guys that filled in were five stars. Like that's just yeah. gonna that's that's what's gonna be for Alabama. So. That's right. Like, right. yeah, I think that that one would would still. I mean, different deal last year with LSU not having a quarterback and all that. But like, Alabama's a three and a half point favorite because I'm not sure Vegas doesn't really know what to do with Alabama. Obviously, in this game, it, I think it'd be massive for K State no matter who shows up for for Alabama. And you know, Nick Saban is, uh, you know, trying to win this game uh, for for sure. Hey, Baylor once upon a time went to a bowl game with, without a quarterback and still won. Ran for like 400 yards against that. They did. <laughs> that so. they did. That's right. <laughs> uh, cool. With Fiesta Bowl, as we mentioned, we'll, we'll, and we'll 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 do a proper. We'll do a whole pot that. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So so we'll we'll get to that one after the other side of the holiday. Uh, let's let's before we wrap up, let's go some other bowls we're interested in. There's a lot of fun bowls in the bowl season. I'll I'll start with my my first one that it just made me laugh. Fenway Bowl, Cincinnati and Louisville playing in a baseball stadium, standing on the same sideline because of the orientation of the field. And Scott Satterfield, of course, uh, leaving uh, Louisville to go to Cincinnati. And I, I joked about this with the coach when when they discovered this bowl was happening. I said, well, what do you do with Satterfield? And the coach said, put him in the middle. Put him in the middle of the sideline <laughs> between the two benches. <laughs> yes, that, that, is, that is the appropriate thing. To, we have to embrace the awkwardness of this, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the, what's the bowl that you're looking at? I mean, the one I've had circled since the, this was announced because it just absolutely baffles me is we have to watch Iowa against Kentucky again this year in the music. <laughs> and not only that, nothing says excitement like Iowa and Kentucky and nothing says game. excitement like Iowa and Kentucky going through going through what they went through this year and ended up in the exact same spot that they were in a year ago in this Twilight Zone bowl game. Um, and. Not only that, but uh, both teams are going to be missing their quarterbacks too. So we're going to get to watch backup <laughs> quarterbacks for Kentucky and Iowa duel it out uh, in a game that uh, is probably not one of the most watchable games of this bowl season, and that that makes me look forward to it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. Uh, we do have Oregon, Oregon, North Carolina. Are both their quarterbacks playing? As far as we know, mm, sure. Yeah, Bo Nix yeah, and Drake May. Sure. So that's the opposite. That's the opposite of Iowa. I'm not sure what the, the Drake. I'm not sure bowl. what the Bo Nix status is. On, on okay, well, hopefully, hopefully, he does. If he does, that'll be fun. That'll be the opposite of Iowa, Kentucky. If we get a Bo Nix versus Drake May matchup, I, I certainly with the Texas teams, I've got a couple mood check games that I'm interested in. Houston is playing Louisiana in the Independence Bowl. So of course, we talked about Houston seven to five. Very disappointing year for the Cougars. Uh, underwhelming a lot of people petting them as a new year six team uh dana holgerson talked about it last week that uh that he feels like his team is motivated to go win this game because they lost their regular season finale against tulsa left a really bad taste in their mouth and then rice five and seven uh mike bloomgren still the coach there uh at, at least certainly at the moment i'm curious i don't know there's been no nothing talk out of that place but i wonder if a bowl loss does that impact that or 
is he good safe for another year? Uh, but they're playing Southern Miss in the Lending Tree Bowl, so I- I'm certainly interested in, in those two. Uh, and then my last low key bowl, low key low, bowl, low key bowl, bowl of the year. season, let's go, is going to be too. the first day of bowl season. UTSA number twenty five, UTSA who is finally ranked, and number twenty four Troy in the Cure Bowl. This is a really good matchup. Really, that good is going to be played on a Friday afternoon, unfortunately. So I don't know how many people are going to get to see it, but I, I can promise you, I'm going to be watching it because I get to see some Frank Harris. Yeah, they get to go to Orlando, which is not a bad place to end up. It's so crazy, kind of how sometimes like really good. Um, you know, really good group of five teams end up in kind of these lowly bowls because there's just not that many spots for them. In fact, I'm working on a piece uh, on, on on Lance Leipold and his career, and like for that, um, for their teams at Buffalo, like the high one of the highlights is they got to go to the Bahamas one of those years against Charlotte, which is a lot better than ended up in the you know, ended up in Detroit for your bowl game or something like that. So Orlando, not not the not a bad spot for these two really good teams, really really like really talented uh, conference champs. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and Frank Harris announced he's coming back for one more year, so so we're not done with him yet. Unfortunately. I, year ten of Frank Harris. Can't wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know Austin Ani has another year of eligibility in North Texas if he wanted. Could we oh, get a gosh. a thirty year old Austin Ani and a twenty four year old Frank Harris next year? Oh my god! Uh, yeah, and then I mean, yeah, and then and Austin's got the I mean the pro sports experience. I mean, yeah, it's it's a uh, gosh, that is. That's nuts, and and then we've got uh, you know JT Daniels and Joey Gatewood out here looking for their fourth school. I mean, it's just what a, what a special time to be a quarterback in this sport. You could be a professional college football player, like for real, <laughs> for real, for real. Uh, another another one I circled oh, here is uh, for for folks who who don't have big Friday night plans. You know, sometimes we get a babysitter and go out. A lot of times we we don't. Um, so <laughs> Same here. for me, I'm going to be watching uh, Incarnate Word and North Dakota State. Duel it out, FCS semifinals on Friday night. Yes, um, yes. I, you know, I, I, if if you, I personally did not stay up and watch Incarnate Word against Sac State, uh, but that was like the literally low key game of the year. Um, I tried, I, I really tried. I had it on. I was laying in bed. I made it to like the early fourth quarter, and then I dozed off. And I woke up and saw the score, and I was like, "What on earth happened?" But that was a fun game. To watch it was just so late. I don't think it finished till like two in the morning. No, no. and there's so... no, there's no way. I at this stage of my life, I could, I can stay up for that. But Lindsey Scott doing off against what I assume are the the four or five fullbacks that North Dakota State is rolling with this season. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, a nice, uh, nice contrast in in styles and styles uh, make fights, baby. Styles make fights, and you've got, um, you know, certainly, I think. Uh, Congrats to obviously. I think I don't know if we can remember. I think we did talk about this, but you know, for GJ Kinney and his staff, pretty sweet to see them move to Texas State. Uh, but they've got some some, some uh, unfinished business here. Yeah, no, it's cool to see Incarnate Word. By the way, like this is their second uh, deep run in the playoffs. They went to second round last year. They're now obviously in the semifinals. So they've they've got some stuff going on in that program. Yeah. But GJ Kinney trying to get that Texas State program going once he gets there. Uh, but Lindsey Scott, I, I know we've mentioned him, mentioned him before, but I wrote a big story about him earlier this year on theathletic.com. If you haven't, yep. please go check that out. Really cool story. Seventh year guy. He's been at five different schools and finally he's found his footing. He's a fun guy to watch. If, if you, you, I'm sure people saw the highlight of him a couple weeks ago throwing a touchdown pass, basically falling down. Mm-hmm. Uh, tremendous offense, tremendous player. 
uh, fun fun team to watch against North Dakota State. So, which which obviously a perennial power we're used to seeing here. So, that'll be a fun one. Last one for me: Celebration Bowl Saturday, Jackson State, North Carolina Central. I always like watching this game anyway. I love watching uh, the HBCUs go at it. But for this sure. is Dion's last game, so I'm sure there will be a lot of Colorado fans tuning in uh, just to see a glimpse of Dion. Just got next year's team. Yeah, right. That's right. That that's right because he's bringing uh, his quarterback, his son Shadur Sanders, and and his maybe some others with them. That's yeah, right. He's bringing some Louis. So <laughs> so uh, so fun stuff. Uh, lots lots to get. Lots of football coming back this weekend. So excited about that. But and, wait, by uh, the way, so like that's going to be I, I, one of the offseason topics that's going to be fun to follow. Like is is Shadur Sanders like one of the best quarterbacks in the country next year, or one of the best in the Pac-12? Like, I, this this will be a good chance to watch him and Travis Hunter and these guys that are about to make this leap, um, you presumably. And uh, man, it's uh, Dion's going to shake things up here these next this next few months here with all this recruiting. It's it's been wild to see how much like the Colorado the Colorado offers are flying around and how much that matters to recruits right now. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of guys on social media that either were committed before that are decommitting, and obviously you see guys hitting the portal out of Colorado. So, uh, But Joel Anderson mentioned we had him on, our, our our friend Joel Anderson was on his guest last week, the team talent composite that Jackson State was up there with some of the better group of five teams in the country. So they they had ta- they have talent on the Jackson State roster. That's why they're sitting here at 12-0 and 0 right now. So, definitely, definitely. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And we've seen FCS players go up a level and really, really thrive. So uh, it would be no shock to me to see that happen at Colorado with with a handful of guys that he brings over there. And I, honestly, I will say from a staff standpoint, what Deion's put together so far, I, I'm honestly pretty impressed. I think he's put together – he's made some good hires on that Colorado staff so far. Absolutely. So Yeah. So good stuff. Well, I'm excited. Max, hope you're excited for bowl season. Uh, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow – the Andy Staples Show and Friends feed on Apple Podcasts. You can also subscribe to the Andy Staples Show on YouTube. Andy and Ari Wasserman regularly do their show live from there. Andy, Ari, and David Ubbin had a great tribute episode to Mike Leach, the late Mike Leach who passed her this week. We, we certainly miss Mike, and mm-hmm. uh, I'll certainly miss being able to have an excuse to uh, write a story so that I can call him and, and ask him questions and be on the phone with him for 45 <laughs> minutes and have him call me back at 1130 at night. <laughs> so... Uh, but a true trailblazer and somebody who the way I view the game certainly uh, is uh, influenced heavily by Mike Leach. So, but those three guys had a really great uh, tribute episode to Mike. It's, it's on the feed. It's also on the YouTube channel. So check that out. Several of our special guest interviews that we had throughout the year. are there. also check the, check those out. Have a great holiday season. Uh, we're heading out to the Fiesta bowl. So we'll talk to you from Arizona. Thanks for listening. (music) 